Our first reading from the ninth chapter of the book of wisdom is a vivid reminder of how far God's ways are above ours. God's wisdom, not our own, and thank God for that. We can, in so many times, be pea-brained about God and make God as small as ourselves. I usually think to ask permission of people before I quote Voltaire in church. So I'm going to ask your permission, can I quote Voltaire? That'd be okay. We have a member of the choir school faculty saying it's okay, so here we go. And I'm not including women in it, so you don't get blamed. God made man in his image and likeness, and they've been doing the same thing to him ever since. We make God as narrow as ourselves. We make God as narrow as ourselves. And we're, we're being called in that first reading to let God be God, completely other, greater than ourselves. And if I could give an example, I was, uh, I did a PhD over at the med school, in the grad school, but over at the med school in biochemistry. And uh, I had, you know, I have a thesis committee and the, head, the chair of it was over at MIT. And uh, so I went over to see him. He was quite famous in the field. He'd done a, in the old days of translational things to get the mRNA into protein. He had a mix that was very widely used and very effective. And so uh, we were talking and then we walked outside. We were walking along the Charles there at MIT. And he uh, knew that I was a, a priest and so on. So he went on and said, uh, well, I don't believe in God for this reason. I don't believe in God for that reason. And I don't believe in God for this other reason. And uh, I said, well, I don't either. And he said, whoa, you're a priest. You're supposed to believe in God. I said, no, no, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. Your God is too small. Your God is not God. So I wouldn't believe in that God either. So on the first point, second point, third, third point, I agree with you, I agree with you, I agree with you. Someone tried to talk you into believing into that thing. That's not the Lord God. And so we have to almost use, uh, you, know, you, put, uh, you, know, you put those shoe trees in your shoe to try to expand it back. We need something like that to put in our heads to get God out to the size of God, to begin to understand that which we can never. Think of Thomas Aquinas, who wrote so beautifully of the good Lord, and yet he said, whenever we speak of God, we deny more than we affirm. That's to say, we're so clumsy, our minds so small, our ways so narrow, that inevitably we take away more than grant to God things, even when we're trying to speak well, even when we're trying to speak well of the good Lord. Sometimes we do it beautifully through uh, music or poetry. The Psalms are both in our hands. And so Psalm 90, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. A refuge in every age through all the ages that are, each of us a passing thing, God enduring forever. How important if we're believers to, let's say, enroll to get the benefits. You have people who are car carrying Catholics or Christians or whatever, but haven't thought to use the faith, and we're all in this way sometimes, we upbraid ourselves in our examine, uh, to trust in God, not simply belief like a set of facts, three people in God, four people in God, five persons in God, whatever, but rather not only getting the answers right, but actually taking out of the road of life and using it and so trusting in God. Faith as genuine confidence in God when we face trouble. The Psalm 90, we had on one page, Psalm 91 facing on the other page of the hymnal, Lord, help me when I am in trouble. To have faith, to let God be God. 
not to think we're God, we have to figure everything out to trust in God, the good Lord. Now our Lord Jesus Christ, so that God's ways are not invisible to us, but God was incarnate and became man. As Bishop Sheen brilliantly said, the Old Testament is like radio. The prophets speak uh, God's word, and then the word of God becomes incarnate, Jesus Christ, our Lord, true God and true man. And so now we see with our eyes, it's like television. And so that's what we have in the gospel by the grace of, of the Lord. And he says, it's not enough simply to have faith, but we also need deeds. Not enough to have assertions that we actually believe in that, but have results. To have genuine conversion. And therefore he gives those marvelous examples which we all need to reflect on at times, as we always do on the gospels, take them in our moments, especially out walking and things, sitting in a chair. Some people like to sit in the dark and pray that way. It's a great way to be undistracted, focused on things. And to notice how important it is that if we would do X or Y or Z, then have all the preparation for it. I want to go and do this degree, that degree, I need with the things preparatory for it and so on. But having a life, a Christian life, following God's words, to know God's words and then to implement them, and not simply have assertions by me I'm doing it, but have results, to have deeds, to actually carry that out. People are a great help, it's a great being a member of a church. Not simply hear God's word, receive the body of Christ, but to build the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, as we go out to chat with one another, get to know one another, and everybody helps everyone else. And uh, I was talking to someone and he mentioned a priest. I was so ignorant, I, as you, I'm repeating things you know, why belabor the obvious? We'd be here all day if I give you a list. But uh, Adolf Kolping, he was a German priest in the 1800s. I think he died around the end of the Civil War, 1865. And Adolf Kolping came in and he noticed, he started, he was a working man, a journeyman, and he, uh, but he was very able, and he was thinking about becoming a priest, it was a bit of a stretch. Uh, he wanted to study, he wanted to do that, and people who believed in him helped him carry that out. And he was touched by the fact that they were going from a craft trades, where an apprentice would live with the head of the craft, uh, you think of somebody like Ben Franklin, on, on to factories. And that was a different world, and, and, and kids, young men were set adrift, were set adrift, it was a mess. And so he had a great focus on that. To this day, there are coping societies. He's buried in Cologne, in the same church, you have the, the uh, tomb of Blessed Duns Scotus and the tomb of Blessed Adolf Coping over here. And I was looking, I was looking on Google, someone had told me of him, so I was trying to learn about him. And I was there having something uh, on Mass Ave and in came uh, members of the uh, water polo team. And I was showing, if you look at Wikipedia, the third quote of uh, Adolf Kolping, human life cannot exist without joy and without fun. Is it not apt to notice that on Labor Day? Your know, unions, the, uh, the people who gave us the weekend. Our own founder, Father Brisson, so we're moving from Germany to France, Louis Brisson in Troyes, Troyes, Troyes. He was very concerned about precisely the same thing. He ran into these young women were sort of wilding on a Sunday because they had come from the farms, they were 12 years old, they stood up 12 hours a day, six days a week at the looms of the new factories that had just begun as he was a, beginning as a priest. And they had no place to recreate, so he, and uh, an enclosed nun, a visitation nun, if you can believe it, set about within a month or two to get recreational spaces for them so they could recreate people caring about other people. That matter of solidarity, it's at the very heart of being a Catholic. We're to be Christians, 
We're also to stick together and look out for each other and the common good. And you see it in Father Coping. You see it in Father Brisson. You see it in Father Brisson. The fellow who gave out the first habits in our order was a, uh, a Swiss who became cardinal, and he was the one who talked Leo XIII into writing uh, Rerum Navarum. Think of the importance of that. If I'm, if I'm allowed to speak of one more pope, the uh, pope, I was told, I didn't know this, that in Rome today, uh, good, uh, good, so it's now blessed, uh, John Paul I was beatified. And uh, I would recommend, if you run out of things to do, his marvelous book on uh, where he would talk about different people from literature and history have dialogues with them. He called it The Illustrious, Illustrissimi in Italiano. And a marvelous book, a marvelously touching uh, person. Pope Francis has used various encyclicals to try to animate us, to live the Christian life, to live the Catholic Christian life, and how important for us to listen to those things. But at the heart of it is not a frightening thing, but a loving and joyful thing. Everybody or many people here, academic environment like C.S. Lewis. Do you know the name of his autobiography? Surprised by Joy. Isn't that marvelous? Surprised by Joy. That's why we call it the good news, not the dire news, but that God so loved the world that he sent, that he sent his only son. And so therefore, those theological virtues which are the signs of the divine life within us, God within us, that enthusiasm within, in faith, let us trust in God and let God be God and meditate on his message and then hope to be enlarged by that to do the deeds we're called to do, to implement our faith and then love. Not simply have the faith for ourselves, but reach out to other people and bring other people in. Last year we had 35 people received into the Catholic Church. If people get in touch with people, those things are just natural. Sometimes we don't have enough love or perhaps enough hope in the difference that we can make by sharing how great the Catholic faith is with others. There are loads just hungering for it. We start, we start our RCIA um, uh, in latter part of September. If you have people who are interested, we already have a number of people signed up. At the dinner we had Thursday, the first dinner of the year, there was this lovely woman come from a country without faith being allowed at all, and she was asking me practical questions. We were all trying to help her learn how to genuflect and talking about many other practical things. It was the most touching thing you ever saw. A person open and trying to learn and trying to learn the Catholic Christian faith and thirsting for it. And she taught all of us a lesson. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.